I can touch the sky. Oh, harmonies, bro. Harmonies. Nailed. <laughs> Greetings, online community. Yes. You are about to enjoy today's service and a message about one of Echo's core values about holding thy key. So Echo Church, this is your place, yes. your people, your purpose. Mm -hmm. And we want to take a moment to welcome you, whoever you are, welcome. wherever you are. Welcome. So for real, would you like to connect with us? Do it. Please like, comment, message us today. Let us know how we can pray for you. Mm -hmm. Flood Sunday is coming up. Save the date, November 28th. During both of our Sunday services, we will be celebrating with those who want to walk into the waters of obedience. If you are wanting to participate or just interested in learning more, email us at hey at wearetheecho.church. Echo, you are so generous. So, so generous. Thank you. Thank you so much for your continued diligence to give God your 10% mm -hmm. and even offering more. So, for example, last week we were able to raise close to four grand for venture.org in order to uh, help them stand up for those who can't stand up for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Good job, y'all. Amazing, amazing. So, if you're looking to give to Echo today, you can head to our website mm -hmm. or you can text any amount to 84321. Boom. But our work is not done. We have an opportunity to participate in Operation Christmas Child, and we want to invite you to make a difference. Pick up your boxes from Echo this week. Enjoy! Echo Sunday service! Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Good morning, Echo!
sing unto you how great you are, how great thou art. God, we thank you for your redemption, your love, your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Middle of 
our series, in fact, we're actually at the middle. We're, we're finishing our series right now called All the Rage. It's just taking uh, a moment uh, in, in the grand scheme of a year and just kind of leaning into some of our founding values as a church. Has anybody enjoyed what's been going on here? I mean, it's been a good reminder, hasn't it? At least it, it has to me, so. <laughs> Awkward laugh, but... Uh. Today, uh, we're going to lean into uh, another one of those values. And when I think about all the rage, I think about, uh, I think how cool it is to be a dad. It's all the rage to be a dad. Can I hear that? Or a parent, a parent in the room? Uh, yeah, I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's awesome. And at the same time, not so awesome at times. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but this, uh, last, uh, this last fall here, or at the end of the summer, I had the opportunity to bring my daughter in and give a preview of Willow Creek Middle School to her as she was entering middle school. Dun, dun, dun. It's scary. You know, there's so many like, whoa, what's going on here? And uh, I remember bringing her to her locker and she saw something that she had never seen before, and that was a combination lock. <laughs> and we took a moment or two and tried to figure that out. And I tried to teach her about the lock and how to open it up. And, and, uh, and so that was just a moment. And honestly, Zion, I'm going to remember that for my lifetime. Uh, but it, it's one of those things where it's really cool to be a dad, and it's cool to try to, to, to lead people down the road to be able to unlock the lockers. Let's all hear amen, you know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's easier said than done. The other thing that's really cool about being a dad is dad jokes. Anybody want to hear one today? <laughs> uh, knock, knock. Chicken. Chicken, your pockets. I think your keys are there. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't get it. Okay, how about this one? Knock, knock. Gorky. Gorky. Gorky will unlock the door. Gorky will unlock the door. Who used to do this? Wasn't that like uh, one of the late night hosts? Okay, how about this one? Knock, 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 knock. This is the last one, I, try, I promise you, for those that are about to walk out. Mikey. Mikey, Mikey got lost. Open up. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey got lost. <laughs> I know you got it, but you know, there, honestly, there's someone that's not being honest out there. They didn't get it, and they needed a little help, and I helped them. Open up your Bibles up to Matthew uh, chapter 28. Matthew, Matthew chapter 28. We're actually going to go just a few pages beyond that as well to Acts 1, 8, and 9. So if you have your Bibles, you have your iPhone, go ahead and open that up. Matthew 28, 16 says this, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to you. And verse 19, this is what I want you to hear. Therefore, go. Everybody say, therefore, go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you to and commanded you. 
Acts 1, 8 says this, but you have received power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Today, what I want to do is I want to lean into a core value that was simply handed down from Jesus to us. And that core value sounds something like this. Therefore, go. Go and be witnesses. Be, be witnesses where you are in Rochester. Let's be witnesses in Casson and Stewartville and Dover Yoda and uh, all the other cities that I'm forgetting and leaving you guys out. But, uh, and then beyond, go to the world and share the good news. That is one of the founding values that Jesus left his church. And that's what it means to be a, a part of a local church is looking at some of the values that Jesus left and saying, okay, I want to go ahead and apply those values unto me as well. What you can see in our, our, on our website on our Echo Core values is we say it like this. We are key holders. Everybody say key holders. Key holders. We believe we were once robbed, but now found. We are on a mission of rescue and restoration, Jesus saves, and we're called to echo, so hold your key. That's what we're all about here. I believe many of us, we've stepped into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our faith has been revitalized, and in, in essence, let me say it like this, you've received the act of love from God, and you have love, therefore, it's our call to echo love. We are called to echo love. If you've received love, we're called to echo love. Now, some of you are like, well, where did you come up with the key holder concept? It was actually about five years ago, uh, Christy and I had been discussing with our, our previous pastor um, kind of this tension that we had felt about planting a church or starting a campus and, and actually doing it across town to, to reach more people and to connect with, with maybe a different group of people. Uh, and, and, and my pastor said, go ahead. You know what? You know what? Let's go down that road. Let's, let's continue to see God. Let's see where he brings us. And uh, he ended up allowing us uh, to go to an ARC conference, an ARC training up in Minneapolis at Substance Church. And, and it was actually a really... Uh, what I call a nuts and bolts type of conference. It was, it was like, this is what you'll need to do to plant a church. This is some of the actions. These are some of the techniques. These are some of the tools that you're going to want to apply to your life if you're going to plant this church. And I remember Christy and I sitting there and, uh, and being like, wow, we really enjoy this. We actually, this is a really, really good conference. But what I, what, what found, uh, what I found absolutely intriguing is the type of conference, like I said, was just kind of this one, like we're going to teach you all these practices. But in the middle of that practice, that practice uh, and application, I felt like the Lord had placed on my heart or whispered in my head or into my soul the word apathy. <laughs> That's my awkward laugh. Because I'm telling you what, you never want God to whisper in your ear apathy. 
And I was like, hmm, that's an interesting word. I don't really think about that much. And so I, I had to look into it a little bit. And so what the bottom line is, what would this mean? What, what would this mean for me? When I, when I Googled it and looked up the definition, apathy at just the base level understanding is a lack of care and a lack of concern. And I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about that. And it was like, shoot, <laughs> you're probably right. I probably don't care like I should care. I mean, I've made a lot of effort in the past and, and I, I, you know, I've been in the grind and I've, I've worked really hard uh, in ministry, but yet there had been some apathy that had set in, a lack of care and a lack of concern for those that are around me and what truly matters. And that was a hard pill to swallow. And as I was sitting in that conference and there was no worship, there, you know, there was no like moment that was really, really set aside to really seek the Lord. But I was sitting there uh, and I was asking God, would you continue to clarify that to me? And I felt like by the end of that conference that the Lord had made really clear what my why in life is supposed to be. My why. And my why is this, is that I hold the key. I have the key that could unlock someone from their current state of hell. And so do you. Y'all should have said amen right there. <laughs> but the truth is, it's, it's really easy to just say, well, do I? Could my life matter? Could I really make a difference in someone, someone's life? And my answer to you is yes. That Jesus, as he is telling his disciples to go there for and to be my witnesses, he's sitting there and he's instructing and he's commanding his disciples, those who call themselves Jesus followers, to hold their key no matter where they go. And with having that in mind, I guess what I want to do today is just kind of unwrap what it means to be an evangelist, what it means to evangelize, what it means to tell people about Christ, what it means to hold our key. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, hold your key. What you have to understand is that I believe that we are walking hope we are walking peace, that we're walking love, but we're also called to proclaim that, to open up our mouths and share the good news. In fact, if we were to go and look at the word evangelism or a word that's very similar to evangelism, uh, what you would find is a Greek word that means to preach. You might actually see it written in your scripture as to preach or to proclaim or to publish something that had already been done. The modern day term that you need to understand is, uh, is this, and, and, and just hold on uh, with me, is we are called to evangelize, therefore we are evangelical. Everybody just take a big swallow on that one. Because in today's culture, the word evangelical has been drugged through the mud. Right? And I want to tell you today to be evangelical, uh, even evangelical doesn't mean that you are a part of a political party. It's not that you have all these opinions. It's, it's not that you're supposed to be this person standing on top of a soapbox screaming everybody, at everybody. But I can tell you this, to be evangelical means to be a part of the greatest cause known on earth. 
Um, some of you are like, man, I, I'm, you're losing me. We are called to evangelize. And as Christy and I were talking about today's message in the heart of it, uh, she had heard someone say something like this, to evangelize is to prevent extinction. That we are called to evangelize. And what I'm trying to tell you this, and those are, these are some big words, is I don't want to be known as an evangelical church, but I want to be a church that rushes into our world shouting from the top of our lungs, Jesus is King. That's what I want to do. That's the type of church I want to lead, which means, guess what? We are evangelists. We're called to be evangelists, and we're called to hold our key. We're called to navigate life with key in hand. And guess who the key is? The key is Jesus. So I kind of want to geek out with you just for a, for a moment. Before I tell you that, I want to tell you that if it wasn't for one man you wouldn't be sitting here today. His name's Lance Skiba. Anybody know him? You wouldn't. He was the man that felt and followed the call to tell my parents about Jesus. And if it wasn't for Lance Skiba, who all of you don't know, Echo would not exist let me remind you today that there is an importance of sharing Jesus, hope, love, peace, carrying the key as you leave this place and inviting people into Jesus and a relationship with him. Jesus is key. Everybody look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is key. So what I want to do is I want to kind of unwrap what it means to be an effective evangelist, okay? What I want to tell you and I want to kind of reveal to you is the importance to be a key holder, to be effective in evangelism, is to also understand that we are called to be spirit-led individuals. And, and to understand a key, we've got to understand a lock. When was the last time you looked at a lock and, and understood what was happening? Never. Never. <laughs> exactly. Before this message, me neither. <sighs> but you have to understand about this, the, the cylinder of the, key, the, the lock is you have to understand that where it says springs, that is known actually as the Bible, interesting enough. At the, at the bottom of the, the lock, it's known as the plug. And then where you see uh, there's a line between the driver and the key is known as the seam line. There's really, in essence, three major compartments or entities of the lock. But the thing that really makes it all work together is having a key that is cut perfectly to fit and to align the seam line to be able to turn that lock. And what I want to do today as we talk about Jesus as key, as I want to talk about the four key cuts that are necessary to lead someone to Christ, to wa welcome them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and let me just throw it out like this. When you hear this, I think some of us, you're going to get overwhelmed because it just simply feels overwhelming. It feels like a lot. And I, at the end, I promise you, it is not as hard as I'm going to make it sound to be. <laughs> But if in order for us to lead someone to Christ, for someone to come to Christ, there needs to be four specific cuts in the key. Now, how many of you know that you could actually cut a key manually? 
They didn't, no, not, you didn't know anything about a lock. You probably didn't know anything about a manual cut, except this one gentleman here who knows everything. So, <laughs> love you, buddy. But the first key that are cut to a key and uh, to align the pin in that lock is theology. To shape the key that's going to move one of those pins into place is theology. It's our understanding of who God is. It's their understanding on who God is. If they don't understand and have a great, re, uh, a great uh, a relative, uh, re- relatively perfect picture of who God is, they may not want to come to God. They may not want to have a relationship with God. I think some people, they don't have an interest in a relationship with God because they don't believe that God is a loving God. They don't believe that God is a personal God. They don't believe that God cares. And so one of the key cuts that are extremely important when we talk about evangelizing and a key that will unlock their current state of hell is theology. There's an importance of understanding who God is. How about this? The second important key cut to a key in leading someone to Christ is what I call anthropology. (laughs) It's the study of man. Now, bear with me. I'm not exactly framing up these words to be the perfect definition, but for your understanding, I want you to just remember that anthropology concept is it's the study of man. It's the study of you. You need to understand that you're frail, you've failed, and we've all fallen short of the kingdom of God. So like I said, we have to understand and have a correct theology that God is a God who loves. He ca- he's cared. He cares for you. He's concerned for you that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you, to forgive your sins, to bring healing, and to give you an eternity with him. At the same time, we have to have a great picture, a decent picture of who we are. And this simple picture is this, is we've fallen. Romans 3, 23, right? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of of God. We have to understand anthropology. How about this narratology? Some of you are like, ooh, Andy, you're geeking out on today. We have to have that cut of narratology. We have to understand where the person is in the middle of the story. And I think some of us were frustrated because we've been praying for individuals. We've been trying to tell them about Jesus, but nothing, something's not connecting yet. And I would just tell you this is in, in the, the, the grand scheme of life, we have to understand that sometimes people haven't hit the chapter where they meet God. Where their theology and their anthropology and understanding of who they are and who they are not meets the perfect chapter of part of the story. And I think that's, it's very important to understand that it's going to take some people to get to the bottom of the valley to be able to come to Christ, to hit their rock bottom. It's the story of the prodigal son where he looks at his father and says, give me your inher- the, my inheritance. And, and the father gives him that. And he finds himself in pig slop, serving people and getting nothing in return and feeling as if they have nothing to give and just barely surviving 
It's going to take hitting the right part of the story. How about this? Missiology. Everybody say missiology. Isn't that one just a fun one to say? It's having that perfect cut of missiology is understanding that the method actually matters. The method actually matters. And, and for someone to come to Christ, there's different methods of hearing about Jesus. Some of us, we sit back and we can be judgmental of the person sitting there with a, bull, a bullhorn on the side of a street screaming at somebody, but it may be quite possibly that my method might actually work. There's some people who believe in the method of handing out tracts, and for some people that works, and others it doesn't. And yet there are moments where it's a simple hug. It's the, it's the, uh, it, it's the uh, Im- impromptu uh, sense that the Lord is reminding you to reach out to somebody and you make a call and you're telling them that you're praying for them and that Jesus, who they may not know, reminded you to reach out to them. Who knows if that might lead them to Jesus? I like it, it like uh, sharing it like this in Luke 11. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, who's on top of a tree, just trying to search out and look for the Savior. Jesus says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham. And Jesus says this, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. You know how Jesus led Zacchaeus? to himself or revealed himself, he simply just paused and noticed Zacchaeus. There's a method there. How about this method? Saul, who is persecuting the, 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 the New Testament church, is literally killing followers, murdering them under religious pretense. He, he ends up, he's on his horse and he's going to go do that to another city, to another group of Christians. And, and, and the Lord knocks him off his donkey, knocks him off his horse and he, he blinds Saul. And because of that experience, being blinded by Jesus, he comes to a relationship with God. What we have to understand about the missiology is different approaches will reach different people. The key cut matters. And how about this last cut, chronology? <laughs> Some of you are like, Andy, you are digging deep. Yes, I am. Not ashamed. Is it the right time? I think that's different than the right part of their story and the chapter of their story. Because the truth is, some people, man, they're going to hit rock bottom 75 times before they come to Christ. But there is a perfect time, I believe, that God has for everybody. And you're supposed to be able to play a part in that. I grew up in the church. And I'm telling you, I knew about the love of Christ, but there was a perfect time and there was a perfect place that collided and, and transformed my heart and my mind and my direction so much so that I have not looked back since. Now, some of you are like, man, I am overwhelmed by this type of teaching of, of what it takes to lead someone to Christ. And, and as you see here, there's a manual key 
cutter. And I think some of you are like, you could take this and go, okay, well, it's my job to cut the key to make perfect the key to lead someone to Christ. And I would tell you, no, you know what? We like to do that and we like to keep control. Uh, but you know what's a better, uh, a better uh, illustration is taking this to Fleet Farm and putting this in one of the automatic key, uh, key fabricators and copiers and putting in there and letting God do the work. But I think what makes a difference is us being aware of that. Because I don't believe that we're called to be people of pressure. We are called to be people of patience. That we're called to, 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 to come alongside people and understanding that there's a greater work, I believe, happening in everybody around you and that you have a key to hold. You have a part to play. And that, that part is this, is that God is calling you to proclaim the good news of Christ. You're called to carry the key. We play a part. I'm going to ask Christy to come up and uh, go ahead and just reveal with, with, with me here is uh, what it means to hold the key. What are some practical applications? I was thinking about the key and the significance of it. And I think we live in a world now where we don't even need keys. How many of you have cars that are newer than mine and Andy's where <laughs> you don't even need to put a key in the ignition to turn it on? How many of I know for me when I go home, I haven't used a key on my lock in my house in years. I hit a garage door opener and I'm in. We have these smart door locks door handles, we, put our, we don't even know where our keys are, they're dusty. And I was thinking about the significance of being a key holder. And I think so often that you can sit here today and I don't know where you're at, but you feel unequipped or you feel like you're, you're not good enough or you feel like you haven't arrived. And I was thinking about this new restaurant that I'm pretty jazzed about, it's called Thai Pop. Anyone been to Thai Pop? <laughs> so, Thai Pop, I go there one time, I have a couple things off the menu, and I'm instantly inviting every single person to Thai Pop. You just, I, you just did. I just did. I just did go to Thai Pop. I naturally am very much like a persuasive person, so I tell people everything I like, and I want you to do it and, and follow, you know? So, but I just think that so often in our faith that you think maybe I haven't arrived yet, I'm still broken, I'm still go working through things, but like I went to Thai Pop, I had two things off the menu, and I'm like, this is the experience I had, this is what I felt and I think that that's what God's wanting to tell you today, that you're never, you have never arrived. You don't need to have every single thing on the menu to know it's good. And so I just want to inspire you that you are called to be storytellers. Yep. Share your story. We're not telling you to go preach at people and condemn them. We're telling you to speak life into people. Share your story. Share your journey. That we are called to be key holders. Go find your keys. Know where they are. And it gets me so emotional because if it had not been people who invested in my life and, and helped me realize the calling on my life, I would not be here today. I went to a non-Christian college in university at University of Minnesota Duluth, and I got plugged into a youth group on campus called Chi Alpha, which means Christ Ambassadors. 
And honestly, I think it's kind of a corny name. I'm a Christ ambassador, but I am so thankful for 22 years ago that they taught me that I was an ambassador from day one. Day one, I had this encounter with Jesus, and I was literally trained on the campus of UMD to go and spread the good news and to share it with my friends. And I'm looking around this room today, and I get so emotional because I see the transformation. Romeo, you coming to Echo and having the experience and then Mike coming back home, you shared with him and said, come to Echo. And God's calling us to say, come and see. And I shared this to our team yesterday, but we are to go and tell. Yes, invite people to Echo. That's a really good step. But God is using you. Like Andy and I will do our part and we will seek God on bringing a message. But you are equipped. You are enough. When you are going in homes, Debbie, with your clients, you have an opportunity to reach out to them. Rory, same for you. Like, I look around this room, and you all have a mission. Bottom line, people are being robbed. When is the last time you thought about the people that are broken, ashamed, hurting? Maybe it's you right now. We have the, like Andy's wearing the shirt, like this merch means so much to me because it's what God called us to. And when we planted Echo, we are to echo life. Are we echoing negativity? Are we echoing depression, loss? Are we feeling lost? And I'm not trying to minimize if you're sitting here broken and hurt, but God is the God who wants to rescue out of that right now. Yes. And he wants to give you the key to step into something so much bigger. People need you. That's right. Yeah. And on this side of heaven, you have a purpose and a plan. You have a story. And I want you to take a key, and maybe it's going to buy a cheap key and putting it around your neck or buying something cool like Andy (laughs) that I gave him for Christmas because I care about those things. But I want to activate you to share, to invite people in to your life. Yeah. Whether it's in the schools, in your classroom, and you're loving on kids. Like, I'm just looking around you. You guys all have a purpose. And I just want to call you out to something more. So how do we do that? It starts with opening the word. It starts with praying and saying, God, How? Pray for one person to have an opportunity. If you ask God, he's going to give you that opportunity. And sometimes we miss it. Sometimes I walk away and I'm like, man, I missed it. Sometimes it's me awkwardly praying with a client at the door and not even caring if my next hair client comes in as I'm cutting hair. Sometimes it's smiling at a barista and saying, do you want to come with me to church? Or when someone says, there's something different about you. Share why. Don't minimize it. Don't minimize the change. Yeah. Merch. We love merch. Sometimes storytelling is merch. You know, merch can get a bad rap. I don't feel like we hear a lot of negativity about it anymore. But people who don't understand, they're like, your church has merch. Okay, I think it's super cool. I'm not, like, I love the merch. It, I, we spend a lot of time on it. But it has a story. And it has a mission. And it gives you the invitation when you're in public saying, this is the church I go to. It's not for us to be cool. It's not for us to have this brand. Guess what our brand is? Jesus. You're on the team with us, and we want to give you creative ways that's not weird to be able to be effective and to invite people in. 
And so I just want to challenge you today to use your gifts. We're called to proclaim. We're called to proclaim. And I think many times what we do is we just put the key in the pocket. Called to proclaim, but the key is in the pocket. And, and I guess what we're trying to call you out on is let's be intentional. Let's, let's go ahead and open up our voice. Let's go ahead and share our story. Let's invite people into our story and, 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 and not be afraid of it. I think the other thing that, that we can do practically is if some of you feel unequipped, as Christy had mentioned, well, lean in and start understanding the story of Jesus. Like, be intentional to understand and learn how to share Jesus's story. Romans 1, 8, 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first Jew and also Gentile. And we're called to understand, we're called to proclaim that story. And then I think one of the best ways we can share the love of Christ is live in honor, be people of peace instead of contempt and criticism. We're surrounded by so much junk right now. I, I believe that we could truly be effective in sharing Jesus is if we would be people of honor and we'd be people of peace. That we walk into our spaces, walk into our homes, walk into your, your workspaces, walk into your neighbor, and you just simply be different. And, 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 and you know what? Push through some of those things that push against that and say, you know what? The one way I'm going to proclaim Jesus and hold my key is I am not going to be fake, but I'm truly going to live within what Jesus has given me. And if I've received peace, if I have been respect, uh, if I've been given honor, I've been given love, if I have a walking hope. I'm going to be that anywhere I go. And that's what it means to hold the key. Anything else, babe? I'm feeling really bold right now, and I feel like someone in this room needs the rescue. And you haven't experienced that moment where God has changed your life. And it takes boldness if you want to even come on the guitar right now, that'd be amazing. But we want to pray with you. And if you have not accepted Christ, we say a prayer every single week. But I want, if someone is here right now, I want you to come forward and I want to pray. We want to pray with you. We have some prayer team members, but if you have not had that moment where God has changed your life, stopped you in your tracks, or maybe you have and you've walked away and it's been a long time, We've never, we have not done this on a Sunday, but this is where I had my transformation moment was walking forward. And sometimes it takes us getting uncomfortable. Team, you can just stand up here. And I feel like there's someone here right now. And this isn't going to be weird. We're just going to pray with you. If you feel alone or broken, or you just need hope right now, I want you to come forward. And we're not going to make you publicly speak or anything. We're just going to pray because God calls us to to step out of our comfort. And sometimes it's that physical act of obedience to get out of your chair right now. And so if someone's here, we're just going to play a little, you can just do acoustic. And I just want to give you the opportunity. I don't want you to miss another day because we have no guarantees. And some of you have had the hardest seasons of your life. 
I see you, Josh, you're a miracle. stand. This was not planned. And you can close your eyes. This is for you and God. I just want you to be able to receive. This is for you to receive. I'm going to pray right now. Jesus, we just come to you right now, and I just thank you for this holy moment. God, sometimes it takes us stripping away all the busyness and the chaos, God, and I pray for the quietness of this moment, God, that you show up. We recognize that you are here, God. I pray for your hope. I pray for your peace. I thank you for transformations that are represented in this space, God. I thank you for life change. I thank you for being a God who meets us where we're at. I pray for the questions that people have, God, that they can give them to you. You are a God who reveals the details, God. And I just pray right now for a surrender, that this is a season where we need to surrender. We need to lay it down. And I just pray right now for a holy transformation, God. I pray for people to hold their keys with confidence, God. Give us confidence. Give us a boldness, God. Use our lives. God, I pray for people who are here today praying for family who does not know you. God, I pray against addiction. I pray against strongholds like alcoholism and drug addiction, God. Someone who's facing suicide, God, I pray right now that you will call them by name. Where they are in this room, Jesus, I pray right now for marriages to be restored. I pray for children to come back home. I pray for the prodigal son and the prodigal daughter, God. I pray for whatever we're up against that we can do this with you, God, and we are better together, God. And I just pray for this community that we can grow and that we can sense your presence. God, we accept your love. We accept your hope. We need you, Jesus, in your holy and precious name. Amen. I sense that the Lord is not only for those that are bravely come up here, boldly come up here. Uh, but for some of you that are sitting in your, or standing in your seats, near your seats here, uh, that the Lord is stirring something within you. The Lord is doing his work in us today. And Jesus, I pray for, for all of us, the, the Echo community, but that you would just today instill boldness for us to leave church and be the church. That we would, we, would, we would not fear proclaiming the goodness that you have done in our life. And that God, even though we don't have it all figured out, God, I just ask that you would just give us what we need in that very moment to just shine light into people's stories, into their lives, into the hope that they may or may not have. Help us be your keys to help unlock people from their current state. Not only their current state of maybe the hell that they're experiencing, but also, God, for an eternal, eternal promise of salvation and relationship with you forever. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Every week we, we pray a prayer. 
And uh, it's a reminder so that we might not forget that Jesus has revealed himself to us at some point. But I sense again, today is a moment where someone walked in here. You may not have walked up here yet, but the Lord is revealing his kindness. He is revealing his goodness. He's revealing uh, his tangible love to you at this very moment. I wanna invite you to take a step towards God because God takes a million towards you and he's been waiting. And so today, church, as we pray this, may it be a reminder for us, but at the same time, be a revealing to others. Church, let's pray this. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's celebrate with those that said that prayer for the first time today. Now, we've been talking all month about the fact that it is, uh, I don't know, nationally or on the, in the world. I'm not even sure. But it is Pastor Appreciation Month, and we at ACO believe in Pastor and Staff Appreciation Month. So what we're going to do is this. There are a ton of volunteers. Like when I think of, like, I don't know, probably most of you guys volunteer somewhere, right? I mean, we are all volunteering and doing some things, but we have four people that are, are truly employed by the church that I think are the heartbeat and the backbone of the church. And so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna have those four come forward and we're gonna pray over them. And I would love this. I would, I just, I just wanna remind us that it, it is not always easy to be in ministry. It is not always easy to put yourself out there. It's not always easy to be moved in the spirit like you were this morning, uh, but we want to honor those and support those that we love. So Pastor Andy and Christy, would you guys come down here up front? Jen, would you come down here? Pastor Sam, would you come down here? And would you guys just stretch out a hand? Whew, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up, um, that sermon. Wow, thank you guys. Um, what a privilege and an honor it is for us to serve with these people. Andy and Christy, um, I was praying for actually the four of you, Jen, Sam, and there were four words that came to my mind this morning, and you embody these words, perseverance, honesty, loyalty, and humility. These people are amazing, and I hope that you all recognize that. I hope that the four of you feel the love this month, but always in your ministry. You guys give your heart, your soul, every minute of your time to people. You love people like no one I've ever known. Thank you for persevering with us and with this church. Thank you for stepping out, for planting Echo and doing the hard work it takes to build this community. What a privilege it is. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for these things that they embody, God, the, the perseverance, Lord, the, their honesty, their realness. God, they are real from the stage, off the stage, in their lives, they are real people, God, and I thank you for that. It's so important. I thank you for their humility. Jen embodies humility. Every word that she speaks, God, is from a humble place, and it humbles me, God. It, it makes me want to be more like her, God. God, I thank you for Sam and her loyalty and her boldness, God. The fact that she um, 
will step out and do anything for, for the people that she loves. I pray, God, that each of us would be able to uh, speak words of life over them this month, God, and always, Lord, that when you give us words for them, that we would speak it to them, Lord. God, I pray that they would feel loved in gifts, in service. God, however people want to uh, step out and bless them, Lord, I pray, God, even far and above anything we could do for them, God, that they would feel your presence. God, in every every day of their lives, every moment of their lives, God, that they would embody who you are, God. God, that they would feel you, Lord, in the work that they do. God, and that their blessing would come from you, God. We love them, we love you, and we thank you for all that you're doing in this church. In your name we pray, amen. Let's celebrate some pastors and staff today. You know, there's a couple things that I want to say. One is this. I want to be a church that doesn't need Pastor Appreciation Month. I just want to be that church. I want to be a church that, I mean, we get an opportunity because it's on the calendar, but I just want to be a church that honors those that we serve under, that loves and supports and gives just all the good things and reminds those people. I just, I want to remind you, when you, I'll tell you this. When you step off this stage in any context, do you know what happens? Every insecurity you've ever had comes in. Every single one. And you step off and you're like, like you just, it's just like a rush. And you wonder about everything. And what I want to do is I just want to be a church that reminds those people that are stepping out in faith and are willing to be bold. And maybe, I, I think it's awesome today, just even be outside the norm. Step outside of the norm and be willing to, to, to hear God. I want to be a church that celebrates that. And I want to be a church that celebrates these people. Another thing I want us to do as a church, and I was talking to Pastor Andy about this today. We honor and we celebrate this staff. But God has called each and every one of us to pastor the people around us. It's on us. Our families. Be Pastor Christy and Andy, Pastor Andy and Pastor Christy, I just can't, they can't show up at our houses and remind us to be patient for our families. I wish they could. They can't be in the back, like in a little earpiece, reminding us to, to love when we don't want to love. But here's what can happen. We can pursue the Holy Spirit and just see God move in our lives and see God move in others. So what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song and just be reminded that we are called to be the pastors and priests of our family and those people around us. So come on, Echo, let's sing.
message today. I love our pastors, and I loved that message. I am reminded of when I first came to faith, and I don't know about anybody else, but you kind of have this insecurity when you first come to faith. You're like, well, I don't know all the things, and I don't even know where that book in the Bible even is, and I don't know where that verse is. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to do these things, and I was fortunate to have somebody wise in my life say, listen, your testimony will always be more powerful than knowing every word of the Bible, knowing the right songs, knowing the right prayers. And I think sometimes what we do is we see what happens in other people's lives and we're like, man, that's rad. And we diminish what's happening in our own lives. So when Pastor Andy challenged us last week to talk about the prayers that were answered, I think the crazy thing is we just forget that God's like the same superhero in our life that he is in everybody else's. We make it smaller in our lives. And I just want to tell you this. You are the key holder. You have the answer. There's a verse in Revelation that's talking about how the enemy is beaten in chapter 12. And it's by the blood of the lamb, which has already been taken care of, and the word of your testimony. The word of what God's done in your life. That is life-changing. So I just want to encourage you in that this week. One of the things we like to do here at Echo is we like to celebrate people. Can we celebrate those that are here for the very first time today? Come on. 